Right. Okay. I'm really excited for this one. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Paths Uncovered, uh, a podcast where we get to go through untraditional pathways into technology. And today's episode is episode 20, uh, which is kind of weird and exciting, I think. The fact that I've made it through 20 episodes in a row, I don't actually understand where the commitment to this has come from, but I'm really glad it did and we survived this long. Uh, but today's episode is also going to be the last one for 2021. Um, I think it's been a pretty full-on year and going to have you take December off I think we will be back next year um, in January with another season of it all but before I keep going on about future plans I'm sure we'll get back to it today's episode is going to be a little bit different because I've got another person here who's not a guest but she's a host for this episode I've got Iksha Malik hi everyone I'm Iksha I'm a conscious sister and today yeah I'll be hosting her to see what she's been doing into her power plane to take yeah, it's been interesting because I keep getting mostly extra just being like, okay, cool, you've been interviewing all these people, but what's been your weird journey into tech? You kind of talk about it, but you don't. Um, so I thought it might be a handy way of wrapping up the year um, just to kind of kind of chat about my own career path so far. I uh, don't know if people are going to be interested, but like, let's hope so. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. I will be back again next year, kind of taking back the hosting responsibilities and not having to be on the other end of the chair, I guess. So let's get right into it. Like you, you ready? Talk me through your high school experiences. Tell me what you were thinking. What were you doing? I like that you've actually been listening enough to like know what I would usually say, but maybe then again, you've only listened to the first 10 minutes, so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I look back to where it's being in high school, which is weird to say high school because it was secondary school in Ireland. So I keep, now that I've like talked about different people everywhere, it's just been weird trying to get one terminology right in my head. But yeah, I grew up in Ireland um, when I was in secondary school. I remember like mom, my mom was a nurse. So I was like, yes, I'm going to be a doctor. And I'd been watching Grey's Anatomy. So I'm like, yes, of course, I'm going to be a doctor and I'm going to be a surgeon. This makes complete sense. Perfect pathway for me to get into with absolutely no idea what it actually meant. Um, but I think it was like year 11, fifth year that um, I got to go and actually try like see what people did in hospital like mom was very good in helping me kind of get work experience and stuff in there so I went in and it was still really cool to me like I got to follow around a cardiothoracic surgeon I think it was and he was doing all these procedures and I was like listening into what they were doing and checking out like different scans and stuff uh, not that I understood any of it but it was just really cool to see um so yeah I kind of made up my mind I was like yes medicine this is it um and I'm very thankful for like dad I think it was who's was always like been the person be like okay what's your contingency if that doesn't work what's plan b great if it works out if it doesn't what's next um and that's where I was like doing the whole career fair things of like when you'd go into college and you'd check out what different courses they've got and I remember going in and someone was like oh this is actuarial science do you know what that is and I was like no <laughs> what are these words um and they kind of talked about what it did and it was maths and doing more maths essentially and I was always good at maths in school um so I was like, yeah this makes sense like if I don't get into med doing maths will make sense for my life um don't ever think like that I think because once I actually started maths it was not what I ever thought maths was like but that's kind of how I ended up making my selections it was just okay I want med because I've seen Grey's Anatomy and it looks cool <laughs> and mom's a nurse so this makes sense and the other option was like, hey, I can do maths in school. I can add numbers together and they make sense in my head. So I'll just do maths. Um, very much like a 17-year-old brain of like, this makes sense. I know my whole life now. This, this will work itself out. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting time, I think. But 
that was kind of my plans. Medicine didn't happen. Um, the way the scoring system works in Ireland, I kind of probably like missed out by like a couple of points, I think, um, which meant I got into maths. And at that stage, I was just like, am I happy with this? I don't know. <laughs> am I going to do this? I don't know. Do I want to go repeat an exam to go back into med? I don't know. Nothing made sense, I think. And I, I can't even remember what happened but I was just like okay I guess I'm doing maths like I just ended up doing maths but I can't remember if there was any decision process there of like yes this is this is going to be my decision to do this uh, I was like I got in I'm doing this I guess was a little bit of the thought process there um but I think I the minute I did start it I was very quickly like I'm very glad that I'm not doing med I don't know how that switch happened so quickly for someone so convinced they were going to be doing medicine but it did. And I was just, I think I found really good people. Like the year was really, really cool. I still remember my first orientation day where no one could say my name because I was essentially the only non-Irish person in the year, but also I was still Irish. And it was just such a weird thing. It was like, uh, we're doing all these icebreaker games and I'd always be the last person that would get the ball, ball past them because no one could say my name. So no one wanted to try saying my name. Uh, so that was a fun time, but the year was great. I think, yeah, that's how I kind of ended up into maths. Um, some decisions in there but also some kind of just it happened that way <laughs> and I fell into it yeah no I think I had it similar obviously because it's related but um I always I personally I always knew I didn't want to do med but then in year 10 when mum was like go do some work experience and then she sent me to her hospital for a week and I had to like go to like all like the neonatal wards and like baby wards and like the cardiac ones and I was like I'm never doing this like she like solidified me not wanting to do it like even before and I didn't want it and then yeah I feel like I had like law pretty set I was like I want to do law after watching suits I was like yeah we'll be Harvey Specter we'll be Jessica but then I was like mm. I always knew I wanted to go into commerce and like not numbers but like commerce and like business um and then yeah like similar like after year 12 when I got into it I was like whoa I love it here I mean like granted I had like I'm only my second year like I don't really know if I fully love it yet but and it's only been COVID for like my whole degree <laughs> but given that it's been pretty okay so far and I'm quite enjoying what I'm learning my econometrics and finance degree um yeah I feel like we've had like a similar pathway into what well, I'm like halfway into my pathway but <laughs> your full pathway it's quite similar yeah, I think you kind of, kind of get into it and no one actually knows until you start doing the degree what it actually is. Like you can't, there's not enough questions in the world you could ask to actually understand what it's like somewhere doing a degree like that. Like I was talking to someone in like their year 10 right now. I was like, oh, what would a degree like this be? And I'm like, I don't know how to explain this because it's so different. Like everyone's experience is so different in their degrees to know what it would be like. But yeah, I did maths. And it's such an interesting, I think even over the four years, like my career path the whole way through has always just been like, I don't know what I want to do. Because um, when I got in, it was a mathematical science degree. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing maths. And then in second year, you get to specialize in terms of like pick a specific stream. Um, and that's where most of the people picked financial maths and actuarial science, um, which was easier than doing pure maths and physics and all those kind of things. That was way too hard. Uh, not that the degree itself was easy, but that was like even harder than I needed it to be um and I like so I like fully in second year was like I'm going to be an actuary like this is going to be my life it makes sense it's got loads of money in it like it's got good job prospects this makes sense I'll do this um and then the more I actually did the actuarial modules I was like oh oh no no <laughs> I don't like this and the concept of doing exams after I finished college and like continuing professional exams 
was like, oh, I really don't want this. <laughs> it was like the work itself was like, this is not necessarily like intriguing to me right now and having to do the exact same kind of modeling and the things that you're predicting people's lives and all these kind of things. So it's like, oh, like it's interesting in theory, but like actually doing the work, not so much. Um, and that was kind of a theme throughout my college years where I was like constantly trying to figure out what I liked enough to be doing as a career. So I tried actuaries essentially throughout college. I was like, mm, maybe not, don't think I like this. And then got involved with the student managed fund that UCC had, which was essentially a stockbroker in Ireland, good buddy. Um, they gave a lot of money, a lot of money. They gave like a 10,000 fund, <laughs> which is a lot of money to people like us in college who are like very broke usually. Um, and they're like, yep, okay, pitch us different stock pitches and you can use the 10,000 as you wish to invest into different stocks and stuff and see how your portfolio does. So it's a really good way of kind of figuring out how do you trade? How does stock pitches work? How does that whole investment banking kind of like lifestyle work? Um, so I got involved with that um, society to try out what that would be like. I'm like, I'd always heard of like banking and trading and stuff. And I'm like, what does this mean? Nobody knows. All I really knew was like watching the big short and like the movie and be like, oh, is this what bankers are meant to be like? Um, but that was a really good experience. So I was like, oh, I quite like this. Maybe I want to be an investment banker. Like this makes sense, I guess. Um, and then I think by the time I got to third year, we were looking at internships and I got an internship in EY um, as a risk consultant, advisory consultant. I literally can't even remember now. God, it's not even been that long, but it's already flying away. Um, but yeah, as a consultant in the advisory team. So it was kind of strategic management consulting, those kind of things. Um, and I was like, oh, this, this I like, this is interesting because I got to see different businesses and how things were going wrong or how could we help fix it? How can we bring things around? And I think the, like, the prospect that really was intriguing to me at that stage was like, oh, I don't necessarily need to work in one company and work on one project and make everything better. I get to see how different things are working in different places and how different companies face different adversaries. And we're like, what do we do with this? How do we fix this? Um, that was really cool. So I think by the end of third year, I was like, oh, okay, consulting. This looks like fun. And I like, I've always liked talking to people and things like that. So that was always great. Wait, wait, wait. Talk about um, how you're different, like what you did throughout uni in like terms of careers and like retail jobs or whatever to like that led you. Oh, yeah. Today. Yeah, no, that was interesting. So like, so when I had just finished my leaving, so like year 12 school, I ended up working in boots for the summer because it was like, I had nothing else to be doing that summer and it made sense to make a bit of money. Um, boots for context is a pharmacy it's like Priceline or Kim Warehouse in yes. Ireland yeah in the UK and Ireland uh, so if you're from Europe you'll know it straight away if you're not it's essentially Priceline um, equivalent over there but yeah it was the first time I kind of had a job sorry it was the first time I ever had a job but also the first time I kind of like at a counter and someone would be like talk to the customer like my manager would be like make small talk and I'm like small talk don't make me do this <laughs> Uh, this sounds awful to me, but it was good because it forced me out of that comfort zone and just made me go try this thing. And I was like, okay, how's the weather outside? Like all these really awkward conversations, but I got very good at it by the end of it where I was like, oh yeah, tell me about your day. Like, oh, this product's really good. It's been selling off the shelves. I don't know. I was making stuff up as I went, honestly, but it was a really, really good experience. Um, so I worked there the whole summer and then I started college and throughout college, um, I was still making money through tutoring in maths. So like people still in school and stuff, I would tutor them in maths because I really liked maths at school. I was like, I can teach this, this makes sense. And I was pretty good at like explaining things at that stage, which I'm so glad I did because it was the whole, 
how do I talk to people and how do I communicate things in different ways that they might not understand, which really helped with all the consulting stuff I ended up doing. I'm like, okay, you're not getting it the way I'm explaining it. Let me pivot. Let me change it to something you might understand as it really worked itself up that way. But yeah, I think I was so aware, I think in college of the fact that everyone around me had the same qualifications, right? Like everyone had the degree. What was setting me aside from the fact that everyone had a degree? Um, and because of that, I did a lot of things outside the whole student managed fund. I was a part of other societies. I did tutoring and I then, I think it was like third year, I went back and actually worked at Boots again for the year. And that was like part-time throughout college, which was stressful. <laughs> uh, it was barely enough time to be doing college on its own and full-time as well as doing a part-time job. But it was good because it was like trying to manage my time and how do I do this and how do I manipulate all this stuff? Um, and that was such a good year, which really at this stage now, I was like really comfortable talking to people and just kind of going out of my way to be like, let's have these chats. Let's see how you're going. I'd meet, especially on a Saturday morning when like some of the like older people would come in and they just wanted to have a chat with someone and we'd be chatting away for like 20 minutes. Um, so it's a really, really good experience, I think. But so I did that in college. I also did... And um, so every time I'd come to Australia for the summer and the winter and stuff, it's like, okay, I'm not going to sit at home for three months and do absolutely nothing. I might as well try and find something to do. Um, so I would, I volunteered at Amnesty and Oxfam um, in Perth in their office and stuff to help kind of get events organized and get all their kind of operation stuff organized and stuff. And I was like, oh, I can do a bit of like, excel and coding and stuff I can help out like so my technical skills I can like share those and my time with it um I think there was another job wasn't it in Perth that I can't even remember now um you work for like the dockers or something like Frio dockers yeah it was like a marketing job where we would basically go to like different locations which used to be shopping centers usually <laughs> you know those annoying people that would like stop you on your way in your shopping center oh that's what it was I think we were selling like lotto tickets or something for like a random footy tree footy team in Perth um but yeah I was that annoying person like hey have you got a minute to talk to me like <laughs> in a shopping center um and yeah like that really helped kind of doing the whole I can talk to anyone now it doesn't matter like it's fine I'll just they're not gonna remember me being that annoying person they'll remember a annoying person just not the fact that it was me so it's fine um so a lot of that kind of stuff I did throughout college like different jobs and things but it really helped um I think bulk out my CV like I think it was really really important of like how do I differentiate myself um in this whole world of everyone doing the same kind of things and everyone having the same club I would never say I was the smartest in my year I was not <laughs> I got by based on the smartest people helping me get by. Um, to this day, I'm so thankful for them all. Um, but I'd realized that fairly early and I was like, okay, look, I'm not going to be the smartest. And to get to that level, it's just taking so much time out of it every single day to study and be constantly working towards that, that it was a decision I'd made of, okay, I don't think I'm going to end up giving... <laughs> 99% of my time towards just getting a couple of grades extra like a couple extra percentages I think it was more worthwhile for me to kind of help develop all these other things which was the communicating and how do I communicate technical things like maths to people in different ways or stop people in shopping centers of all things and say hello and um, which in the end I think it's done its fair share too for me and um, moving forward in terms of the skills I've uh, developed and stuff um but yeah it was a weird decision to make of like 
especially coming from the fact that, right, like most of the people in my year, most everyone in my year was at the top of their schools, right? These were all people really, really good at maths. And I went in and I was like, uh, <laughs> I am nowhere near as good as maths as I thought I was now that I see everyone else being so good at maths. Um, and it was like a weird kind of like imposter syndrome in there in terms of like, I thought I was good, but I'm not really that good. What the hell do I do now? Like, how do I measure up to these people? Um, so it's a weird mix of things that were kind of happening in terms of like feelings of what it feels like and stuff. So I'm really glad I did realize the fact that I was okay with the fact that I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be the best. I used to be I'm not going to be the best anymore at this. Let's figure out a way to make it okay. And how do I make everything else line up? But yeah, that was a weird time in college. <laughs> I was very busy in college. Yeah. I, think. I definitely feel like there's always like, everyone says it but there's always going to be someone who's smarter than you better at coding than you better at like everything than you but I feel like yeah like those like little like things you do on the side as well even if you're, like remember when I used to like distribute newspapers <laughs> like I used to like run around my little suburb in Perth and just drop off like hundreds of newspapers around and it used to stress me out but like from that you learn like little things like time management organizing how to do things like more efficiently and I think just knowing that you have those little like quirks will help you like go further because yeah there's always gonna be someone smarter than you yeah. you can't like acknowledge that because they're not they might not have your little newspaper distributing or like annoying people in shopping center schools you know and it's so yeah. important and I think it was that fact of like kind of finally understanding that I'm like no this is good I don't ever want to be the smartest person in the room because then I'm not really learning anything so I was okay with that. and I've got I'm so glad I got okay with that when I did very early on and the other thing I think especially now looking over the career I've had, um, career I've had, career I've having so far, I guess it's too little to be saying I've had, um, but kind of diving into that deep end of the unknown, right? Like the whole make some small talk, just do it. <laughs> like, I am so uncomfortable. I do not want to do this, but you just get through it. Um, and that's really kind of stayed with me, like the whole pitching stocks um, to good buddy. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is not something we were ever taught. I'm making stuff up as to like, why we should invest into Michael Kors of all things. They're like, oh, do you like their bags or something? I'm like, no, I don't know why I want this. <laughs> um, and it kind of has stayed through, like taking this job as a data science graduate. I was like, I don't know anything. I'm so uncomfortable in not knowing anything. Um, but I think the most I've ever learned is in those scenarios. When I've been comfortable somewhere, you don't push yourself as much. Um, when you're uncomfortable, you really push to get out of that like uncomfort zone. And you're like, no, 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 I need to be on the other side of this, which means I need to learn, I need to get on with it. Um, and you definitely so. get like way more out of those uncomfortable situations because when you look back at it and you're like, oh my gosh, I literally got through that. Like that is it's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But anyway, we'll see where it all goes. Like it really helped, I think. And then, yeah, <laughs> trying out all these hundred different career, mini careers, I think throughout college really helps figure out just specific things I'm not saying it helped me figure out a career necessarily of exactly what I want to do but at least the specific things of like I like talking to people I like helping things I like helping communicate different like technical subjects it just gave me little clues as to what I might enjoy doing on a day-to-day -day basis moving forward so yeah I was like okay by the end of third year I'm like I quite like this this makes sense to me and when fourth year rolled around which is where you start applying for your graduate jobs um I was essentially looking at consulting and I'm still kind of contemplating investment banking because I'm still doing the um, investment fund that we were running and at this stage I was like running the fund I was a CIO like the investment officer really really involved with it um, 
so yeah my fourth year came around and it's funny I just found a photo this morning of me in London four years ago doing an interview for an investment bank because I was like fully like it was like the final round interview I think and I was like yep this is gonna be me an investment banker in London this makes sense uh looking back now I'm like this does not make sense I can't just move on um me looking back now as well because every time I'm like what should I do you're not investment banking it is a hard lifestyle you <laughs> don't want that lifestyle and I'm like that oh. that is what I said I think it's interesting because I've now seen the other ends of like what other jobs are out there I'm like oh there's so much better out there for your mental health and everything else about it like you can do better (laughs) but yeah anyway like I said EY had offered me a role um after the internship to come back as a graduate uh consultant which I was pretty excited about so yeah like I still kind of in fourth year was like oh is there anything else I want to do is there um sussing it out but I think at that stage it's like yeah no this makes sense consulting really does align with what I want to be doing um all ends up makes sense and I mean throughout the four years it was just kicking along in college and it was interesting I think and I was especially talking to Solana last week kind of a throwback to college itself um the modules that I really really liked and did well in tended to be the ones that had programming involved Um, they just made sense to me and I don't know how or don't know where that came from that understanding of why this works but they always just made sense and they were the easiest I found to kind of work through um probably should have thought about that when that was happening the fact that hey I find find um all these other really technical abstract maths things quite hard but these things make sense like this should be a flag right here of like what's going on like an indicator didn't think about it in college um, just was going along with the flow of like what everyone else was doing everyone else was moving to Dublin everyone else was getting jobs in like two or three different sectors and I was like one of these will make sense um but yeah so I mean I did I finished four years of college <laughs> it was four four hard years and the only reason I made it through and Slana said this too it was like a joint degree with 60 other people because <laughs> we all helped each other get through and I was just so glad that we had each other to get it through but with that getting it through really did come that whole thing of like what everyone else is doing and everyone else was doing the same thing so the prospect was moving to Dublin you get a house with everyone else like all your friends and stuff everyone else is doing the same thing and you get a job and you catch up after work and this was going to be my life in September 2018 um but in the back end my family had moved to Australia (laughs) when I started college (laughs) which was a fun time for me because I essentially lived in four years of perpetual winter whenever I came to see them. I lived in Ireland in winter and then my summer was spent in Australia, which was also winter. That was a really good time for me. But yeah, so like you'd all moved here. But to be fair, this girl would come in winter in Perth in Western Australia where it's still like 25 degrees. So she'd go to like the beach every day. So don't think winter was like freezing for her. Like she would be wearing shorts and t-shirts every day. It was just funny wearing shorts and t-shirts every day. But then like people around me wearing scarves and like hats and mittens. It was just such a weird concept to get your head around. I don't understand. Um, But also like, yeah, like when you compare it to an Irish person, like 25 degrees is like the peak summer that we get. So like, what? I don't, okay, this is fine, I guess. But yeah, so I basically was here for my winter, summer. I don't know, whichever break. Um, after I finished up college and I think it was at at that stage that one was like just like apply for one job just make me feel like you've tried to like get a job here and you tried to move here and then you can just go back to Dublin and get your job sorted and go on with your life Um, and it so happened that mom basically had a work get together um, at the house like a bunch of her work friends came along with their partners 
and someone she worked with her partner was a financial controller so I think the CFO kind of a title firm a tech consulting firm and we were kind of just chatting and at this stage in my life I really didn't know what was happening with my life I kind of had a job in Dublin maybe I didn't and maybe I was going to go back and do a master's maybe I was looking to move into Australia like it was a little bit all over the place and there was like visa issues here and there there's so much happening that summer I had like four breakdowns I think um it's not a fun time but he was kind of talking about the stuff he does uh, or not he does but like the stuff that people at work did uh, around him and it's like oh that sounds kind of cool that sounds kind of like what I do um not necessarily the technical bits I think in my head I was like oh it'd be cool to be the person that could like talk between the business and the technical people so like I can understand the technical things they're saying not necessarily do them but I can explain it to the business people because I can talk really well so in my head that's the kind of role I was foreseeing for myself um but what Redify, the company that he worked at, was really kind of prominent about was like every consultant is technical and also a consultant. So they were their own communicators. So they didn't actually need the role that I thought I was going to be doing. But he was basically like, hey, I can introduce you to people if you want to have a chat. I was like, yeah, that'd be great. I'm always up for a chat. Um, and that kind of spiraled into a like a chat to an interview, to a final round interview. And I was like, oh, my God, what is happening? I don't I don't understand. This is happening way too fast. Um, I don't know what this all means, don't know if this is what I want, um, especially because at the same time, I was literally house hunting in Dublin, because um, like my best friend Nia, like we were literally looking for a place together, and she'd send me houses every morning, and be like, does this one look good, and we're like, yeah, okay, give that a shot, like go have a look at it, um, so it was a really weird time, and then that came through, and it was an interesting uh, proposition, because essentially what they were offering Redify was, you're still a consultant, but you'll be a little bit more specialized in data science, and I was very open with like, I don't have any tech skills. <laughs> You're a tech consultant. I do not know what this means. Um, and I think this was where I really, really appreciated that leap of faith of, hey, you can learn, right? Like you've got the theoretical basis of a data and how it all works and the maths degree. Um, I'm sure we'll be able to teach you the technical bits along the way. You can have chats. So you've got the consulting side kind of down. Um, We'll, we'll, we'll work with it it's fine you're a graduate we'll teach it we'll go with it and I am still like I still remember that final round interview and having these conversations and I was like oh my god are they really willing to take such a dive like this is amazing like I love this um like I mean this, I also this, remember it in like yeah. the old house I remember because it was like in the span of like a really short time period I remember like you were like you came into my room one morning and you're like an interview today don't be loud don't make noises I'm in my room like I will hear everything and I remember like I'd be like at the bottom of the stairs like eavesdropping into everything of what you were saying I was like oh and then you're like oh my gosh I think I've got it and I was like what and I think I remember yeah. like that was one of the first chats as well like there was like a few rounds after like where I got to go into the office and actually meet people and mm. stuff and I was like that went really well but like I don't know what they think because it was like a Friday afternoon I'm like they're not gonna call me back now um and it's so funny thinking back to this like everything about it was just so perfect at the time like everything worked really well like I remember the Monday like all day Monday I was like waiting for this call to come back I said like yeah we'll get back to you like in the next day or two which meant Friday or Monday um and I kept looking at my phone all day it was that like I don't know, like lunchtime, it was like one o'clock or something. And I still remember this so clearly. It's bizarre that I do. And I looked at my phone. I was like, oh my God, imagine if my phone's been on silent the whole time and someone called. I looked at it and it was on silent and I literally took it off silent. And I'm not even joking, within two minutes of me taking it off silent, the recruiter called, like Emily, she called. And I was like, what is this lock? 
And I still remember because, I mean, obviously I went in and worked at Red Fire. So like, I ended up talking to Emily later and I was like, I hated you so much in that. So basically she called and spent like five minutes just kind of like, how's your process? How's your interview? Like how just chatting about things. And I'm here like, is it a yes or a no? Like, I just want an answer. Um, especially because at this stage, I'm like, I need to know if I'm like living in Dublin or moving here in a month, like what's going on with my life. Um, but yeah, after five minutes, like, yeah, look, we'd love to have you. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, is this what's happening? Um, and I remember group calling like mom and dad um, at the same time because I didn't know who to call first. And I didn't want to was like, I don't know what to do. Um, but yeah, it was really, it was bizarre, like how it all worked out and everything kind of fit in, especially when I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, so that happened. And I basically was like, yeah, okay, cool. I guess I'm moving to Australia. Like, very soon and I was in Ireland and I'd, I'd gone back for a little bit and I was like okay um nice knowing you folks thank you for getting me through four years all my friends that like were so kind and like housing me and like letting me like couch surf essentially across different places and um, like Orla like I literally lived with her for like a month while I was in Ireland because I had nowhere else to be staying and like met her grandma because that's where she was staying for a while and she's lovely and I talked to her the other day um and it was just so sad to be leaving all my friends that I'd made like such good connections with. And it was just such good relationships that I built out. Um, but then the other end of it was like that terrifying thing of I'm doing something different to everyone else. And this is just bizarre and it's weird. Now, how is this all going to work out? Um, but I'm glad I did it. Like I think, so I moved um, kind of like September, 2018, right after I graduated and um, right after everyone else started their graduate jobs and <laughs> landed here like a day before I started work which was terrifying um almost missed that flight I'm pretty sure like it was like a bit of a rush trying to get through to places and things like that but as usual <laughs> don't look at me like that um My dad would love to hear this he would wouldn't he yeah. the amount of flights that I don't talk to him about just because he's like I knew it I'm pretty sure I had a nightmare last night of like missing a flight when I finally get back into life but, no, but like as you should this girl literally my dad complains about this every time but she leaves like flights especially to last minute literally she could have a flight like seven she's like I'll wake up at 6 15 and you're like no like you will not and my dad every time is like you're gonna miss a flight like be careful like you're gonna miss a flight and I remember the one time she did to New Zealand and me my mom and my dad were in Tasmania and we were just sitting and I remember waking up in the morning and you were on the phone to them and you're like I'm my small flight <laughs> and I remember mom and I remember mom listening she was like, this was supposed to happen and dad's like of course you did and just yep. I just funniest thing I've ever seen <laughs> all right okay I didn't need that roast and memory brought back to life but like okay let's move along <laughs> um but yeah I mean so I moved here and it was such an interesting shift I think moving to Australia and I talk I've talked about this across the episodes and stuff but I went from a degree where we spent essentially 14 hours a day in college studying or at home so like it was just very full-on degree um to moving to the other side of the world where I knew nobody and Redify was a really really great workplace because they actually were like very strict on work-life balance um which at that time I hated because I'm like you're sending me home at 4 30 what do I do with my life um I don't know what to do when I go home <laughs> there's only so much time my sister's gonna give me in terms of like doing things she didn't she was not very nice about it um <laughs> 
But in my defense, let me tell you one story. When I will stop you right there. So this girl, she'd moved and it was like a couple months later and I was in year 11 at this time and I had like one like BCE subject to be doing, which is accounting. Um, and I remember Taylor Swift was coming to Melbourne. It was October. It wasn't a couple of months. It was literally like within My exam month. was like a week later. Like <laughs> I need everyone to know that. And that's pretty stressful. Like it's my first like final, like year 12 exam. Like I didn't know what was happening anyways. Um, I had a conscious big Taylor Swift fan. Me, not so much. Anyways, I remember I was in school and it, I was going to like the library with my friends after school and I was planning and I get a phone call and she's like, big shot. I can see Taylor Swift from my office. And I was like, huh? She's like, I'm looking at Marvel Stadium right now and they're all getting prepared to watch Taylor Swift and I want to go. And I'm like, take some of like your work friends. Like I, I'm at school. Like, what do you want me to do about it? She's like, I'm booking tickets. And I, I had I, like, no process. friends. I had no friends at that stage. I love how you laugh at this, where you're like, take someone else. I'm like, take who? Who was I meant to take? <laughs> and I was like maybe just go by yourself because I literally like I not my favorite artist like why would I want to go and she's like I'm booking tickets and I thought it was like she's gonna book for someone she was with and she's like okay I booked two tickets for us and I was like us and I remember like being on the phone and I was like huh and I'm with like all my friends at school and they're like come on let's go to the library and I'm like no give me a second and I can't just like yeah I booked tickets we're going tonight can you like come straight away after school when dad picks you up because then we'll be late and we're gonna miss it and I was like what do you mean like I'm not coming and she was like oh I've already booked tickets and so we're going and I was like no I'm not going and then I remember like calling my mom and I was like mom like I don't want to go like I don't care and my mom got angry at me she was like no go Akansha needs wants to go see Taylor Swift like she's always wanted to go like she just wants to do it for you too I was like us too I don't even like Taylor Swift it's only her who wants to go see it and it was just oh but it's actually a fun night but like that's go. how rough it was for this girl she had to force her sister to go to a concert she never wanted to go to just to put <laughs> in perspective for everyone not the perspective I needed but thanks for that <laughs> how rough it no, was no but like me. I genuinely understand like especially when you move from Ireland when I did it as well in year eight it's such a big like cultural shock and it's not, like for me especially it wasn't what I expected at all like I had such a like I mean I was pretty young so I had a pretty like skewed like like what I'd imagine Australia to be like everyone's like a surfer everyone's blonde like it's not like that at all and it was just um it's such a big like shock like just cultural wise like even just like the little things like them calling like lollies different to like what the jellies and stuff like that so it was just like the little things that were so weird it's a bit of like take some time to adapt to it yeah and I think I mean the other thing that people need to kind of understand the context of is Ireland as a country is like 5 million people <laughs> overall. Like Cork is like the second biggest city and it's like probably not even half a million of people. Like it's probably less than that. Um, Melbourne as a city on its own is 5 million people. Like the shift from like, you kind of know everyone. And if you don't know everyone, you'll know someone through a mutual person across the country nearly um, to literally not knowing anyone. Like how in the hell am I meant to find people here or find a community of people I can get on with and what do I do it was it was such an interesting time um but yeah like I think and the other end of this was right I was trying to figure out how it all fit in at the same time as doing a job that I didn't know (laughs) that was even more terrifying at the same time where I was like I know nothing like it was a constant like couple of months of like 
I'm giving this a year and I'm moving back to Ireland. Like, I can't do this. <laughs> this is awful. This is terrifying. I, I don't understand what I'm doing in my life. This makes no sense. Why did I do this? Um, but, and this is put mostly because at the start of when I started working, I got to try all the different things in data, right? So like I was on projects with dashboarding and visualization of data. And then I was doing, how do you store data? And how do you all move things around? Like there's so many conversations of like, oh, you know this, right? And they'll talk about some language or a product in data. And I'm like, no, what, what does that mean? I don't understand anything. Um, and it's interesting that you don't realize when you're actually learning things, how much you're learning and picking up as you go. Because everything I tried was new. Everything I tried was just like, okay, we're doing something different. Okay, I'll just figure it out as I go. But you don't realize how much you're actually building upon uh, in a very short amount of time. So for the first like six months in my head, it just felt like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know anything. Don't actually know how to fit into this. This makes no sense to me. Data is data. I don't get it. Like, what do we do with this? Um, and I remember being at a data hackathon kind of a event that was put on by Microsoft. And half of me kind of went because it was like a three-day free event with like food and everything. And I was like, oh, this will be a bit of fun. And the other half was like the product that they were doing a hackathon on was something we were working on at work. So I was like, oh, this makes sense. It lines up. I can figure out how to actually use this properly if they teach me. Um, and when I was there, I was in a group. So it was like a random, like different people went from industry. And I was in a group and I was easily the youngest person, like as in, in terms of experience, um, I was a grad. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be such a letdown to this team. This is going to be so sad. Because um, these are all people who've been in data their whole lives and their careers. And I was like, oh, this is not going to be fun. And we started doing it. And I slowly started realizing I actually knew so much more than I thought I did. Um, or when we were trying to figure out what language to use on that platform, I think it was Data Factory. There's like R, Python, Scala, PySpire. There's a few different options that we could use. And when they're like, oh, Kasha, what would you prefer? And I was like, oh, actually, I don't mind any of these. Like whichever one the team is comfortable with, I can use that. That's no problem. And that was like that moment where I was like, oh, I know things. Oh, oh my God, no, I actually, I'm fine. I'll, I'll be okay. Like, and it's, I think it just takes that little spike of like, oh, wait, no, I have learned something in the last six months. It hasn't all been a waste. Um, and I think that's kind of the end thing started changing a little bit for me. So this was in like January, February, I think. So like a couple of months in and I was like, oh, maybe I know things. And then I got into like other work projects and stuff. And I was like, oh, no, I can actually help. And I'm like being productive and being useful on this. Um, but yeah, it was a really interesting time. And a lot of like, so, I mean, I met a lot of other graduates um, at work and we've become very good friends. We're still very good friends. Like they're a little group of friends. We've all moved on um, in terms of jobs and stuff, but we still catch up all the time. So I was like finally settling in to friends are happening and things are happening outside of work. I've actually got a life now. This is good. Um, finally. Finally, it doesn't have to like accompany me to different things. <laughs> very thankful for that. But yeah, it was all kind of fitting in and I felt like I was actually starting to learn things and fitting into my role. I was like, oh, okay, maybe I won't just ditch this and move back to Ireland. This might actually work out. Um, but yeah, and I think the next big thing that kind of really happened for me, I guess, there was I had started going to a lot of meetups. And that was because a friend or my cousin, someone had mentioned being like, hey, this would be a good way to find people who are into the same kind of things as you are. And you can find other people and maybe some friends this way. So I've been going to quite a few meetups, um, A, just to see what other people are doing. And then like also to see if I found someone that I got on with. Um, and the more I did, I was like, oh, these are people just sharing 
this is cool. Like I was learning so much in just going to meetups because they were sharing things that they've been doing and tech and stuff that's coming through. And I was like, I generically understand it. And I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. This is cool. Um, and I had Martin Kearney, who's another, uh, he's an MVP, data MVP in Melbourne. And he just started at Purple. Um, and he was like, okay, hey, I've got, I run this meetup. Um, do you want to come along and do a chat? Because I had like the speaker he had planned fell through. Uh, I've got no one. Can you just come and do a chat, like a presentation? And I was like, um, sure. Like he kind of coordinated me on like a Friday evening as I was leaving. I was like, eh, okay, whatever. Like doing a preso, how hard could it be? Um, really didn't think about the fact that it would have to be like data specific or like have a topic in mind and have to plan this out um, until it was like the week before. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know anything. What are people going to learn from a grad? Um, and it was like, like, I feel like I went through a lot of those kind of times. And when I started, I was like, I'm a grad, I don't know anything. I'm glad that's kind of stopped happening. <laughs> like there's always things that you're going to know that not everyone else knows. And it's good to share those things. But yeah, I did a Prezo on just the thing I've been working on at that time, which was fast AI, kind of making a machine learning model in like 15 minutes, which is really fun. Um, so I did it and like people understood and people were like, oh, that was great. Like you explained that really well. And I remember before that presentation, I had like probably practiced that presentation on like 18 different people to make sure everything made sense. And like the order I was explaining it in made sense. Like I think I sat down mom and dad in the living room and like explained how to build a machine learning model to them. It took an hour, I think, <laughs> but it's like, if I can explain it to them of all people, there's definitely going to be work for like, people in technology who understand the, like, the terms and stuff. <laughs> so that's kind of how like me presenting kind of started. And honestly, a lot of it, I kind of now think back to the fact that I moved to Australia and I, I thankfully moved to Australia because I moved and I knew nobody here, right? But that also meant that I knew no one who could judge me, which made me do things like this. Like I would have probably never done a presentation like this and been like, yeah, I'll put my hand up to do this. This sounds fun. Like, or do conferences, which is kind of what happened next. I, because I did a presentation, like I started presenting other places and I was like, oh, I can, I can, I'll, I'll try that. That'll be fun. Um, I would have never done that before. And it's that, that freedom of like not caring what other people think about you. Um, very appreciative of that happening honestly it was so so good um so I'm glad at the end of the day that I moved and stopped caring about what other people thought about me <laughs> it's been very liberating but yeah, I feel like it's really hard as well as a uni student <laughs> as a uni student as well like when you've just finished like you've already got that like sort of insecurity of like what am I gonna do and then add on top of that moving to a different like end of the world and then on top of that, not knowing anyone, like it all builds up. I personally think you like did amazing. You like got that job quickly. And then I remember like for the next couple of months, you're like, yep, I've got this presentation on this topic. I've got this presentation, this topic. And then she went to like Perth to do little talks in Perth. And then she suddenly got this MVP award and we were all like, what? Like out of nowhere, like this girl who literally had like, nothing organized in that summer you were here to suddenly being like an MVP and going to like Florida to like watch presentations and I'm not too sure what you did in Florida but all I remember <laughs> is you going to Harry Potter world but you know what I mean yeah and I mean so yeah I got to go to Perth at that presentation and I met Michelle Sanford there who works at Microsoft and she, so I was very much panicked. This was my first conference I'd ever presented at. I'd done a few like small meetup groups and stuff in Melbourne, but this was like the first big thing. And I was absolutely just terrified out of my brain, I think. 
was like, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine, but also terrified. And it was just, it was a really big conference too. It was like 800 people or something there that day. And I was just like, what have I done? Like, why am I here? Um, so I think like my presentation was on right after lunch and you had to go in and get your tech tested, like make sure everything was working and connected up. And I was there and I kind of went in and I saw someone else sitting there. I was like, oh, they're probably just like in there from the silence. I'm like, oh, are you okay if I just really quickly practice? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah go on for it. Um, and I fully like in my panic mode, I was like, I'll just run through my whole presentation, my whole 25 minute presentation in this lunch. Um, and I did, and I was like, it was kind of an empty room. So I was just kind of presenting to myself to make sure I was like, okay with it. Um, and I did, and I was like, oh, like this person that I now know is Michelle. It's like, oh, Michelle, so, I'm like, so sorry, but like, thank you for listening. I'm like, if you've got any feedback, that'd be great. And she's like, no, no, that was really good. And she was lovely about it. And like, was like taking photos. It's like, oh, I love this. Like the preso modes and like all the stances, like the presentation styles and stuff. We're kind of laughing about it. Uh, I thought she was just in there for the like, sake of just being in there. Turned out she was just waiting for me to get off the stage so she could also test her technical stuff because she had a presentation right after me. But she was so nice about like, letting me do it and like letting me get my nerves out and so lovely about it and I'm so thankful for her to do that and like say the nice things that she did beforehand that calmed me down it's like no, no that was great I understood everything and I was like okay that's fine then um but she basically after the conference reached out and was like hey um I'm putting your name through for MVP and stuff uh, people should know about this you should this is something you should do and she I remember this so clearly she's like don't and just be what did she say don't be a girl or woman about this and say you don't deserve this or you're too young for this. Be a mediocre white man and take it. <laughs> just like, I am absolutely terrified, nervous. I don't think I deserve this, but I'm not going to do that. I will take it. <laughs> um, and it was just, yeah, like, I mean, she's great for those kind of things, but that really sparked. And I was like, oh, what the hell? What does this even mean? Like, I don't, I'd never even heard the term MVP at that stage. Um, but yeah, like work was getting along really, really well. And that conference in Florida, which was um, Microsoft Ignite, which is their big like yearly presentation of all these big things that they do and they put out and like all the new releases. Um, I ended up getting sponsored by Microsoft for a ticket, uh, which are really expensive tickets, like two or $3,000. So they gave me a ticket and I was like, I'm definitely going to be going. This is amazing. Um, and I went into work and I was like, hey, look, I've got a ticket. I think it'd be really, really cool. It would be great for the business in terms of like things I can learn there. Uh, would you want to maybe like sponsor the flights and <laughs> um, so work was great so they sponsored the, the accommodation and the flights for me and I had the free sponsored ticket so I got to go I was just it was the best week of my life I'd say like it was amazing I got to meet so many people people I'm still in touch with and um, the first guest on the podcast Shona Bang and um, she was someone I met at Ignite and we stayed in touch and I it was kind of like our accountability group that we created like a little texting group and um, then I was like okay I've been saying I'm going to start a podcast for like six months and I still haven't done it. So I'm going to say it in here and I'm going to have to do it. And she was like, I'll be your first guest. And I was like, done, let's go. And it kind of, that's how this all started because I went to Ignite because Michelle had done things in terms of being like, no, you're good. You deserve this. Uh, it's just such a flow on through the whole thing. But yeah, everything was really kicking along really, really well. And like the year was lining up with like so many more presentations because uh, I was like getting into it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go present internationally now. I think that's what's going to happen. It's going to be fun and it's going to be interesting, which is where the New Zealand um, flight mishap happened because I was going to do a presentation and I slept in and missed my flight. Um, still made it, still made it there. That was a whole fun time. Um, but yeah, everything was really kind of kicking into full gear. I was thriving and doing the community stuff. And at this stage, I was really involved with Mimini Code as well. 
because someone at work that I met like Donna and Rachel both like amazing like one of my bosses one of someone at work amazing woman I met they were running this and I'm like I'm into this I'll come along of course um and this was where I started finding my community a little bit because this was something that meant a lot to me being a woman who is in technology and it's not necessarily the most diverse place especially in Australia so this was like oh a place I can go and it'll be safe and like a supportive place this is great um so I got involved there and it's just everything was working and then lockdown happened <laughs> I had so many plans for that year like I was going to be presenting in San Francisco and there was all of these like things lined up and everything went boom and shut down <laughs> and I ended up spending the next two years at home which I'm still at home now so it's an, it's been an interesting kind of like pivot I guess but um that was a terrifying time I was like oh I had all these plans how do I still keep going or does it still make sense I don't know what's going on but work was still going. I got to be a part of really, really cool projects, especially in terms of COVID, um, of doing things that really mattered, uh, which I thought was really important of like, yes, I can go build tables or data visualization for some random um, customer, which is just helping them in, within the business and it's fine. Um, and that's important, right? Like people need different things and different data managed differently. But I got to be a part of projects that were really making an impact in terms of how could we manage demand and like workforces in hospitals when there's COVID surges or how do we make sure there's no ICU strains and stuff, especially in COVID where like everyone's in the ICU. So being a part of those kind of projects, I was like, oh, this is so cool. I'm actually helping. Um, and I remember going into mom and I was like, mom, like I'm saving lives. I didn't become a doctor, but I'm still saving lives. <laughs> um, but it was such a good time, I think, gotten to do all those like projects. And it was so hard doing it throughout a lockdown. <laughs> you're just sitting at home constantly on a laptop and just pretending to go along but the community really really stepped up I think in that time um it was an interesting time and place where everyone wanted to still be connecting everyone was kind of just sitting at home nothing much to do so the fact that community started going and like yeah we'll just make virtual we'll still catch up we'll still do all these things was really nice um still being able to talk to other people and have the little networks that are here and there and then the other one was like, I got to present in like the coolest places without having to like fork out thousands of dollars to go travel there. Like I presented in Peru, I think at one stage. Um, I was presenting in like America. It's just all these different things I got to do that probably wouldn't have been a part possible if COVID really hadn't happened. Um, so that was great. And somehow made it through lockdowns, I guess. But yeah, God, that brings us to this year, I think. What about like career-wise? Like, I'm you've changed like jobs a couple of times. Do you want to like tell everyone about that? Yeah, a couple of times. <laughs> um. So yeah, look, it was getting to the start of this year at Purple. So this it was was it two three years? I think it had been two and a half years while I was at Purple. And at this stage, I'd gotten a promotion. I was not a grad anymore. I'd really gotten to try out all the different parts of data while I was a grad. Uh, all the way from kind of like we've got data let's put it into the right place to store it how do we store it properly how do we change it to do what we need how do we report things from this how do we make predictions from like, all the different parts of a data pipeline I got to try out which is really cool um and then it was becoming a time where there's a lot of changes happening at purple and there wasn't as big a focus on data science and uh, going forward which is where I wanted to be like having tried out all the different things it's like oh this is what gets me like I really enjoy this part of things um 
So it's like really trying to focus on those. And because the projects weren't lining up at the time, I was like, look, I love purple. All the people I've gotten to meet, like they were everything to me at that stage, right? Like, I mean, my whole career was here. Everyone I'd met, so many of my actual friends outside of work had come from purple. Um, so it was an interesting time, but I think in terms of the work and stuff, it was kind of time to move on um, and find other things that lined up, which is where I started looking around. So I started at Valrada in months ago now june-ish um so that was a cool interest like the prospect was around kind of doing essentially what i would have probably been doing at purple but a little bit more in prominence of helping get data work going specifically the data science like really getting the data team built up and stuff like that but what is really hard in the data science world especially in consulting um is getting data science projects in the first place because if you think about it, you're basically saying, hey, we'll look at your data, we'll try and make some predictions, but until we do it, we don't know what those predictions are going to be. We don't know how well it's going to work, but we want you to trust us and still let us do it. And that's a really hard sell when you think about it, right? If you're the business, you're like, you want me to spend thousands of dollars for you to sit here and try doing things that might not even work. Why would I do that? So it's, it is a yes. weird... I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, let me sit here and pretend and guess things, which is essentially what a machine learning model does. Uh, so it's, it's an interesting part of things. And um, at the time, again, it's just a difference of strategy moving forward. It was like, okay, like they wanted to kind of go towards more, we're going to build clients separately and then we'll kind of move towards the data science end of things. Um, so I think it just ended up being timing of like, it wasn't a good fit at the time because and the other end of this thing is right where the further away you get from doing maths all the time, the harder maths gets. Um, I don't know if you found that yet when you're still in college and still constantly doing the maths, but for someone who's now been out of college for three years, which seems very little, don't get me wrong, but the maths starts leaking away very quickly. So if you're not actually using the skills that you've learned and built up on the statistics and things like that, it starts slowing away and trying to get it back is not easy <laughs> um, having to study again and start trying to like teach yourself all these things um, isn't easy so I think for me at the time I was like right I need to make a decision in terms of if I want to stay technical specifically in data science and keep these math skills and use these I need to be using them right now otherwise this will go away um so yeah I took a bit of a little break from Florida I took a time out I was like right now okay and that's where Altus came in and it was a completely different uh, exposure I guess so Andy my new boss um who had reached out and I was like hey I know you're just moved but like looking around your experience looks great we'd love to have you and like help us kind of manipulate the Azure side of things of like how do we get clients in this space um in the cognitive services and things and I was like why are you talking to me about this <laughs> this doesn't make sense to me um I'm like very much only like very early in my career in my head at this stage I'm like I don't think you meant to reach out to me this feels a bit weird but he mentioned that he's like I know you're early in career we'll be supportive of that we'll work way through we'll help and all this and I was like oh no he did look at me he has looked at the right profile and hasn't just mixed me up with someone else um and the more conversations I had with them it was quite clear in terms of like we are really pushing towards ML and AI we're gonna get you to just be doing these things and it was like that focus on maths that I wanted, <laughs> which is really important, um, as well as trying out different things in consulting. So when you're consulting, you get to do a lot of pre-sales and you get to do a lot of other things that are involved with the business instead of just doing, sorry, not instead of, it's not just doing technical work of like, here's a project done. That's all there is to consulting. You need to get the project, you need to get businesses to give you money to be able to do projects. 
so I was kind of intrigued by that part of it and I wanted to try out more of it. So the role that they were offering, they're like, yeah, you get to do this and you get to try and do more pre-sales and see how you go with it, as well as actually delivering the projects that you're working on. I was like, oh, is this, is this the best of all worlds? Like, this is intriguing. I'm very intrigued by this. Um, so I started there in November, which has already been about two weeks now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that all goes. It's going very well so far. I've gotten to already get across a few different clients and see what different work they're doing. Um, there's data for good. Sorry, if people are listening and you've never heard of data for good, you should go check it out. It's a not-for-profit, which basically gets data professionals to volunteer their time to help out other not-for-profits uh, build out their own data practices. So they're working with so many different customers and clients. Check them out. There's a project, I think, with Tasmanian uh, Nature Reserve, which is essentially how can we help um, keep their population of Tasmanian devils free from cancer that spreads across the species and stuff. It's, yeah, it's just really, really cool stuff that we can get involved with. So if you're someone in data and you've got some skills and you've got a bit of time to spare, definitely reach out. I'm sure they'll be more than happy to have more volunteers. But yeah, that's where the career has been going so far. It's been interesting. It's definitely, I think I would have never predicted this for myself. <laughs> moving forward I'm like yes I will be a managing consultant in three years or anything like that but the role fits really well I think at the moment anyway where I'm finding it really really interesting and it's doing all the things I want to be doing so who knows where it's gonna go I never saw myself here in three years I said this at the start of the, pro- uh, the podcast and stuff I was like I never saw myself in technology let alone building a podcast about people in tech <laughs> Uh, this at this point in my life so who knows where it'll be in the next future but I'm sure people can hear it through the podcast yeah that's great I think the podcast is really good as well especially for like people like me or like my age in uni because I'm currently doing an econometrics degree and like yeah in that you like analyze data and whatever but from like your podcast and like seeing like what you do it's like more of like tangible to see like where my career path could lead me and I feel like the way you like have like people from like all walks of life how to say that. very fancy um, of you to say that <laughs> people like listening to the podcast can like sort of relate to like there's going to be something in this podcast for everyone and see like how if they were wanting to go into tech there's always a pathway for everyone to do it and like how people can do it it's like through listening to the other journeys in your podcast and stuff so I think that's like it really helps people out, yeah, um, especially uni kids right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other end of it is like what I kind of wanted to point out through it was just stop stressing a bit. Like I definitely was like, I mean, the breakdowns after fourth year set it off, to be honest, like three or four in like one summer. Um, it was the fact that it's not the end of the world if it doesn't work out in the first year after college or the first 10 years after college like there's so many people who had a full-out career and then completely changed it around it was like let's just do completely something different um well down their pathway in the journey and stuff so I think that was really really important to me or it was just I didn't want people even yourself like to be not stressed about how it's gonna go like I mean the amount of times I'll be like talking to you I'm just like can you like not like you're stressing so much for something that isn't even a worry right now like you'll be fine you will be so fine when you get out of college um but yeah I think that was kind of from my point of view of like and the other end of it was like I knew I kind of had a weird enough career path like I mean even when I tell people I'm like oh yeah I did a maths degree and they're like wait what like what are you doing here I don't understand um and I think it's just yeah normalizing the fact that so many other people have the same thing and I think it's just interesting I'm just I'm nosy and I want to hear people's lives so (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, that was great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, how was your uh, first podcasting host experience? Loved it. Really? 14 out of 10 experience. Would do it again. <laughs> Is this the start of like possible new like Ikshamali podcast? Yeah. <laughs> That's excessive. <laughs> Didn't love it that much. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> but no, I think... I mean, I definitely don't think I've had any like specifically amazing career path or anything like that. It's been different. It's been fairly normal, I would say, comparatively to most other people that have been on the podcast before. But I thought it was a good little way to wrap up the year that we've had so far. Um, especially because people were like, well, what do you do? Like everyone's kind of like, what, 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 where do you fit in? So I was like, might as well get this out of the way, wrap it up really nicely. Um, if you've listened to any podcast uh, episodes before this, I'm very thankful for you to have listened to them. If this is your first, I'm just as thankful for you to have listened to this. Um, it means a lot, like all the little views and stuff that it gets. Um, I kind of try and keep tallies of them as we go. I'm like, oh my God, this one it does me. mean a lot. She <laughs> comes to me every couple of weeks. Iksha, look at how many listeners I have this week. Iksha, look at the tre- different trends in Spotify, Apple, everything. Like it means a lot to her. <laughs> I think it's just, I mean, and then people, when people tweet about it, they're like, oh, I listened to this episode and I'm like, oh my God, someone actually found this ha- like helpful. And honestly, that I never even expected more than like 10 or 15 views and listens to this across the whole thing. I was like, oh yeah, the fam would listen to this and they'll be happy that I did something and that'd be that. But even if like, I help one person being like, oh, there's a possibility of something else. That was kind of the aim of it. So I'm glad. Um, it's been the year it's been. I've gotten to talk to so many cool people. Um, but hey, look, Thank you so much for listening. I am very appreciative of it, as it was just said. Um, if you do want us to help support the, pro- uh, the podcast, there is links on the website. And um, please support. It does help me out in terms of hosting everything. And I'm really, really excited to kind of have a really new, big, huge lineup for next year. And um, there's already so many plans. But hey, if you think of something you'd want to hear, let me know. I can definitely try and hunt more people down in the things you want to hear. Maybe econometrics into something else. <laughs> We can find those people. That'll be fun. Mm, love, <laughs> love your work. <laughs> anyway, we'll leave it off there today. Um, thank you so much for listening. We hope that you have a fabulous end of the year. Enjoy your Christmas and your new year or whatever else you're celebrating. Take the time off. It's been a hard year and we will be back again, not in two weeks, but at the start of 2022 with a fabulous new lineup. Thank you for listening. Bye.